welcome to episode number 21 of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers, and I'm your host, Kathy Belch. This week, I'm going to be speaking with Kimberly Ann. Kimberly hit the road in August as a full-time van lifer, and as she was getting ready, she was excited and looking forward to this lifestyle. However, once she hit the road, things did not go as planned. She hit a few bumps along the way, like literally. She hit her head all the time in her tiny new space. And she also had a hard time meeting people and making friends and even had a van fire. So Kimberly came on this week. She's going to tell us all about her journey and how now three months into being on the road full time, she is finally hitting her stride and all the lessons that she has learned along the way. Okay, Kimberly, Kimberly Ann, thank you so much for being a guest on the Travels with Squeaky podcast. Kimberly Ann is a new van lifer, and I wanted to have her on to tell a little bit about your experiences on the road, getting started, the bumps, the lessons learned, all that kind of stuff. Um, But first, let's back up for a minute and tell us who you are and how you got into van life in the first place. Okay. I'll try to make this in a nutshell and thank Thank you, Kathy, for having me on. So basically what happened was I, I've been working for two jobs for 40 years and not the whole time, but I've been working since I was 14 and I was working about 15 to 18 hours a day, seven days a week in order to afford my lifestyle, which was living in the most expensive county, second most expensive county in California. And I was not able to enjoy life. And I was so caught up in the work and the working more to afford just my rent and food and the chiropractor, basically, that I didn't see friends. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. I just worked all the time and I would work, work, work really hard. And then I would take like a quick, you know, not quick. My last one was a six week travel through Europe. That is not quick, but I worked, you know, 18 months to be able to afford that. And so when the pandemic hit, I lost my job and, and for a while, for three months. And I realized that it was amazing and I could survive without, I could survive on less. Mm. And so I made a list, what, you know, what do I want and what are my options? And I realized in in order to sustain the, just a a lifestyle, I would have to leave the County that I lived in, in California. Mm. And so I made a list of of what I could do a, a tiny studio apartment, an hour or two North of San Francisco, a, RV, a van or a trailer or, you know, a bus or just something like that, or a tiny home. I even looked into tiny homes and I found a place where I could rent space and have a tiny home. And I found a tiny home that I could afford. So I, I did, (laughs) I went through, yeah, Yeah. I spent months researching every avenue and then I kind of narrowed it down to what do I really want and what I really wanted was to travel full time. Hmm. And that's, all, that's what I've always wanted my whole life. So then that it got easier to figure out what I wanted from there. And 
I did fall into some of the hashtag van life Instagram frenzy. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> Which is not real. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not okay. real. We can talk and, about that in a minute, but yeah, let's, let's uh, hear the rest of your story. And, and so when I started going down the van route, I realized that for me, I would want to stealth camp mm-hmm. and I would want to stay in cities mainly. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought at the beginning. Okay. Because I had not seen other parts of the country. <laughs> and I wanted to visit friends and I wanted to go visit different cities because my original thought was maybe I want to live somewhere else, mm-hmm. like Savannah, Georgia, but I've never been there. And I, it, it was the pandemic. I couldn't fly and check it out. So that was the original reason. Okay. And has your reason stayed the same or has it changed? Like, so you've been on the road now, when did you head out? August 30th. Okay. (laughs) So three months now you've been on the road. Third month. Yeah. Third month, third week of third of month three. Yep. Yeah. Okay. By the time this, this comes out, it'll be three months on the road. Right. Um, So has that how has it changed? How is that what you thought it was going to be? Well, talk, tell me a little bit more about what you thought it would be like. And then let's talk a little bit about the reality. Yeah. So I thought it would be a lot more community Mm -hmm. and a lot friendlier. And I have found that since, but my Mm -hmm. first month I did not find that. Mm. And I thought it would be easier. (laughs) In what way? every way. I <laughs> mean, my life. yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear, let's hear some examples. Let's hear some stories of I, what I thought, you thought would be easy and what turned out not to be. Well, I thought it would be easier to, to meet people and make friends okay. for sure. And that did not happen. My first month, I didn't meet anyone and I was very lonely. I thought it wouldn't be lonely. Mm. I thought, you know, even though you hear that all the time, I was like, that's just talk because I feel like, you know, I've lived alone for 15 years of my life. And I, and I thought, well, I'm alone all the time. Like, what's the difference? But being without Wi-Fi, being without cell service. So that made it even more, yeah, there's the dog. That made it even more lonely because I couldn't even call people sometimes or check in, or it it was really bad at, at certain times. I thought that I would and I have learned and come to love the small space, but I thought I would really love, like, mm. I don't know why he has to suddenly be on my lap, the dog, but yeah, I see your dog. Your yeah, do- you travel with your dog. I tra- yeah. It's weird that he suddenly has to be on my lap. Okay. No. So <laughs> he has not been on my lap ever in, in, in this room. So anyway, <laughs> so I thought, now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, that, that it would, that I would love the small space. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I kept hitting my head on everything, even though it's a high van, it's a six foot I or higher. I kept hitting my head on, on little things. You know, there's a lot of bending over. I did not expect all the bending over. Okay. And- <laughs> now tell us what van you have, what you I ended up with. I have a Nissan NV 2500. Okay. Which is a I haven't seen a lot of those out there as van build. So how did you end up with that van? 
I, my friend Vance actually is how I ended up with that van. So I was driving all test driving the Ram Pro Master, the Nissan Transit, <clears throat> excuse me. And my friend Vance kept saying, you need to, or not you need to, but you should, or will you please test drive the, the in Nissan NV because he followed this girl on Instagram that I'm pretty sure he has a big crush on her. Uh-huh. I totally understand. She's amazing. But he she loved her van build. Mm. And he kept saying, you know, people don't look at this van and just look at it. So I, just to shut him up, for real, I called Nissan one day and I said, I want to test drive the NV2500. And they said, oh, that's fine. Come on in. And I said, do you, do you happen to have any used vans? And to, to back up just a tiny bit, when I was looking for vans, I would find something, I would go test drive it or look at it, and it would be sold within 24 hours. Yeah, okay. And so if I didn't jump on it, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to jump on anything without having a mechanic look at it. I'm, I'm not a jump on something in a second person. I'm not. Okay. I never have been. I'm mm-hmm. a research the hell out of everything before I jump person. Mm-hmm. So, which is weird because other vanners seem to be the opposite. So, okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, so he said, yeah, we just got a used NV in. Do you want it just today? Do you Mm -hmm. want to test drive it? And I was, I said, yeah. And this was a Wednesday and I, I worked, I worked full time. And I said, you know, I can't get there till Friday. And he said, okay, that's fine. Whatever. And on Friday I get a text from him. It's been sold. And and I said, fine, whatever. I'll come in and just test drive a new one just to test drive one. Mm-hmm. And that was early in the morning, like 8 a.m. And at 2 p.m., I get another text. The deal fell through. Mm. And so I run in and I, I buy the flipping van. I drive. <laughs> so here's a person who doesn't jump. And yeah. I <laughs> so I test drove it. It was such a good deal. Mm. I couldn't not. It was 19,000 miles, 2015 for $21,000 or $20,000. I mean, in the end, it was more than that with all the taxes and and the warranty. And I got extra anyway. Yeah. But it was such a good deal. I couldn't say no. Okay. So so that's how I ended up with the van. Yes. So the other things that I I wasn't prepared for, and I know other people talk about this is finding things in the van. Mm. So I had thought about this as I prepared and I had made lists of where Mm. I was going to put everything. But when you get into the van, it all changes. Okay. So So you had your van built out by someone. I did. And how long was that process? It was very long because I was on a waiting list. So so I found them in, I found them on Craigslist in August. Yeah, probably in August of last year. And then they said, well, you have to sign a contract and put just a $500 deposit and we'll hold your space. And I a person who doesn't jump, I waited. I didn't have the van yet. And oh. I waited. And by the time I signed the contract, and I still didn't have the van when I signed the contract, they already had three other people in front of me. Mm. So it took a year. Wow. Because they had three vans in front of me that they mm-hmm. had to do. So they do a van now every two months. And they were a new company. They're like a mom and pop. Mm-hmm. They're super, super cute. And they were close enough. I didn't want anything too far where I would have to drive and fly back or, you know, depend on somebody else or right. whatever. So they were, they were an hour and a half, two hours away from me. And 
and they had they hadn't built very many vans, so their prices were really, really low. Okay. And are you happy with your build? I am. I am really happy. I love it. I, okay. I everything's gone wrong. Everything. That's the well. Other thing. I know you had a fire. Let's hear about the fire. <laughs> I had a fire, so I wanted five hundred and thirty watts of solar because I decided that I had to. Well, not decided, but I, I'm pretty pretty married to my computer Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty into using a lot of technology. So, you know, for reading, I have a Kindle, you know, I just, everything's electronic in my life Mm -hmm. and whether that's good or bad, it just, that's the way it is. And I had this fantasy that I was going to play my PlayStation because I'm an avid video player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was sure I was going to play my PlayStation all the time in the van. So, which I have never done ever. Mm. So I, So I, I had 530 watts of solar and the controller isn't built for that amount, but that still would have been okay if the fuse, the Renogy fuse had not melted. And instead of turning off, like it's supposed to switch off, Mm. it melted and my clothes caught on fire. Oh my. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So okay. I had an electrical fire. It was very dramatic. <laughs> and did you catch it right away? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Luck, it, lucky it, for that. Yeah. It smelled really bad. And with the help of other vanners, because I was parked somewhere where there were other people and I had made mm. friends with them in Arizona. Okay. And they just all came to my rescue. They, we were pulling things. They all helped pulling things out of the van. They helped stop the fire. I mean, they were amazing. I don't think I could have done it on my, well, I'm sure I could have done it, but I would, it would have been, would have been more dramatic on my own. Yeah. Wow. And so did you end up getting all that fixed? I did. I, well, yes and no. So I I got it fixed. I went back to the van builders, which was a four day process. And then I, they removed, yeah, they put a breaker on the, on the controller so that nothing like that could ever happen again, but they had to disconnect two solar panels. Oh, okay. So you have solar on top? Yes. And then my solar didn't charge because then I ended up in fog Mm -hmm. and there's something I have to do about battery balancing that I, and then I have to plug into shore power and charge up the battery. So I haven't done any of that yet. So, so then I was without water and power for another, I, I was without water because I have a, a pump and it takes power. Mm-hmm. So I, I was out without water and power for about, about a month at oh, least. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And apparently I'm too bougie to not have water and power, hmm. <laughs> which I didn't realize, but it's true. And because a lot of other people that I have met on the road do not have water and power, mm-hmm. <laughs> they just laugh yeah. at me. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about that because you did say that, you know, when you started out, you had a hard time meeting people, but it sounds like you've made community. So what was it that, um, that maybe, you know, you weren't doing the originally. And then what was it that got you to meet people and make community? Yeah. I think that it has a lot to do with place. Mm -hmm. So Arizona is very van friendly. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I did not understand 
was when somebody is in their van, and I think I've even talked about this with you, when somebody is in their van and the doors are closed, you can't just walk up and knock on their van. (laughs) It's not not okay. Yeah. And I I, I didn't do that, Mm -hmm. but I would go to places where I would see other people in their vans and I would get all excited and I would, and they would be outside their van and I would walk up to them with this really excited look and they would get scared and they would run into their van and close the door. Oh, okay. And I kept thinking, was it my approach? Is it where I am? Is it both? Because I was so excited. I like had this like wide eyed, you can see it right here in the video. Like like, Mm -hmm. I looked like a crazy lady probably. So, and it was my first couple of weeks. So I didn't know what was going on and nobody would talk to me. Nobody. Okay. You know, some men in their RVs would talk to me, but that's, I'm not, no, thank you. So I (laughs) just, yeah. And then when I got to Arizona and I was parked overnight in the same place Mm -hmm. and people would be walking their dogs. So they would be away from their van Mm. and then I would be walking my dog and then we would start a conversation. But just like a couple nights ago, I was in Santa Barbara and there was a row. I was parked in the like van row because okay. I, I found it on iOverlander. And so everybody oh. was parked there. Mm-hmm. And there were there were two other NV 2500s there. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so when I started walking the dog, I walked by two people had their doors open. Mm. And one guy was outside in the back doing something in the back of his van. And so I just walked up to him and started ta- asking him about his van. The same van you have. No, actually his was a different van. Okay. But they were, I said, how long have you been doing this? And, you know, just started talking, but I asked him first something about his van because he was, I think he was trying to connect solar. And I said, you know, what, whatever, but they ended up, there were a couple and they ended up being so nice. We talked for an hour, you know, Mm. so, so that kind of thing where I'm, I'm finding better communication skills. I suppose. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then there was another guy in an NV 2500 and he was 72 years old. Mm. He had built the whole inside of his van himself modeled on a boat. Oh, cool. It was, it was amazing. Mm. He didn't have a refrigerator. He had like a, a special ice box, like you, but all built in, like you have on a boat and he showed me everything and he explained it all. And he had a Murphy bed pulled down and, and he had a shower yeah. in the middle that he could set up. Mm-hmm. And he, it took him two years. He did all the woodwork. It was stunning. We talked for three hours. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just had to learn maybe to change your approach a little bit and maybe be more open to asking questions rather than like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi, can I be your friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just a little bit of, yeah. Like, yeah. like in life kind of. Yeah. 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 So good. So, um, and so I'm just curious because I've met a lot of my community online in like Facebook groups and things like that. Have you had any luck with that? No. I haven't, I, but you okay. know, I'm not really on Facebook that I don't really like Facebook. Okay. That would, that so, would explain it. Yeah. Yeah. But I did meet one girl we met, I, she was in a Facebook Tucson group where I was staying mm-hmm. and she said, it was anyone else in Tucson? And I responded, but then I ended up meeting her in person before 
we connected back and forth on and then and then she then she messaged me on Facebook. I just met you in person. It was really cute. So Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I'm nice. I could and I'm not I'm definitely open to that. I just I don't like Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So so that was hard. So it was hard hard meeting people, hard getting used to your small space. What else was hard about it? The driving. I so I love driving. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're going to do this, either you have to love driving or you have to be okay to be somewhere for a long period of time. Okay. But I can't drive more than three to four hours a, a day. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that I can't, it's that I won't. Yeah. I learned that early on. I, it's not enjoyable for me. I like oh. to do two or three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's short. Yeah. And most people will drive 15. Oh, Okay or eight. I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the people I have spoken to. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, yeah. So then if I'm driving two, three, four days in a row to get somewhere and I'm driving two to three hours a day, I'm having a hard time balancing the rest of my life, which you hear people talk about all the time. So I'm having a hard time exercising. Mm-hmm unless I'm stationary, I'm having a hard time working mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm semi-retired, but I'm still working, right. I'm still doing passion projects and what I want to do, mm -hmm. but I'm not doing as much since I've been traveling. Yeah. So, and I, I was sure that I had that all figured out and I did oh, not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are all good things to hear about if somebody's thinking about getting into this lifestyle for sure. Oh, Absolutely. and then, and then cooking. Yeah. So it turns out I don't like cooking. I love cooking oh. in an apartment. Oh. Okay. But not in a van. Oh, all right. So what are you eating then? Salad. I got a soup maker, but I didn't like it. So I sent it back. Okay. So I have not figured out the cooking situation yet. All right. I love cooking in my van because everything's so simple. Just two, two pots and you don't have a lot of, yeah, I love it. But it's, see, to me, it feels complicated because there's, you have to chop over here, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And then you cook and then it's, maybe it's just the dishwashing because it uses so much water. Mm, yeah. And that's the other thing. I thought 25 gallons of water was a large amount of water and it is not. Well, it, it, I have 30. That's a lot. That's a lot of water. How long does it last you? About four days. Right. Yeah. Me too. And then you have to go find more water and then finding trash. I didn't know mm. how hard it was to find trash cans. Oh yeah. It's yeah, hard. You, it is. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm carrying trash around and there's no trash can at all. And I'm like, like I'm walking, trying to find a trash can. And I'm thinking, well, why do you, why do you think you guys have litter all over the streets here? Mm. You yeah. All those little things you, that you don't think about when you live in a home. Mm -hmm. um, have you stayed at all in any campgrounds? Cause all yes. those, all that would be there if you were at a campground. Yes. The water, my, the trash, right. the electric, all that. Right. right. Yes. I, my favorite was in Sedona. I oh. stayed in an amazing, amazing campground in Sedona. Yes. Great. You're going to have to tell me what that one is offline. Yeah. And like Avalon camp Avalon. Oh, That's okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, and there's plenty of room for everybody. So it's not like, oh, if everybody knows about it, it'll be full. No, there's okay. plenty of room. And it's a, a sliding scale donation. What? 
Mm-hmm. They they recommend a certain amount, but it is sliding scale donation. And the camp host is amazing. Haas, he's amazing. But it even on a sliding scale on the lower end, it still adds up. Oh yeah. So, you know, I stayed at another campsite was the cheapest one I found was $15, but $15 a night adds up. It does. Yes. Yeah. It's not necessarily a cheap lifestyle. So, but I know for, for me, I travel in an RV, it's a small RV, but it is an RV. So stealth camping is a little bit harder. How has, have you done stealth camping in cities like you originally thought you were going to do? Yes. Let's hear about that. It's amazing. I love it. I do it all the time. I do it everywhere. It's, it's 95% of what I do. So you, do you park in front of people's houses, you know, or just random places? Random. Okay. Random. So I, see that's scary to me. That's so funny. That's the scary. I would think that would be scary. So let's hear all about it. Yeah. Funny. So, so either, so I also do boondockers welcome, which is an app where you, you can park in somebody's driveway that you, and I do do that quite a bit. Yeah. I I belong also to boondockers. Welcome. I love them or have done that quite a bit, but a lot of times they're booked. So, but so this back to the stealth camping, I found the easiest was San Francisco. Oh, interesting. So weird. Okay. Yeah. And out in the avenues in the outer sunset and the outer Richmond, actually Mm -hmm. I was in the outer sunset. Mm -hmm. I can't speak for the outer Richmond, the outer sunset. There are, there's no, you don't have to have a parking permit to park Mm -hmm. on the streets. They're all level Mm -hmm. and there's no two hour. You can park as forever. You can park Mm -hmm. as you have to move for street cleaning, Mm -hmm. but you can park as long as you want. No one says anything. And so I have an alarm. I have a, uh, I I had an alarm installed on the van. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm sleeping, if I feel unsafe anywhere, I'll put the alarm on. Okay. And the alarm does go off mm-hmm. in the middle of the night at times, but I can check it or I can turn it, you know, immediately turn it back on. But also on the fob, I have a panic button. Mm-hmm. And if I press it, the alarm, and it's really loud, the mm. alarm is really loud. And so I feel like if I'm in front of a residential area in a residential area in front of a house and I press the panic button, they're going to look out their windows and see what's going on. And they might even call the police and I might need the police at that moment. Or whoever's trying to mess with you might just take off. Right. So that's why I feel safer in residential areas. I feel like there's so many people around and I've, I've lived in cities almost all my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm the person that feels safe in the city and I do not feel safe out in the middle of BLM land by myself as a okay. female. And I know, ne- I don't think I ever will, and I'm not yeah. going to do it. So thanks for sharing all that information about your first, you know, few months in van life. Um, I, I also wanted to ask you, um, because I think you blogged about this or maybe on social media, you talk about getting into this, um, post age 50 and that it's not all, you know, hot 30 year olds out there. So, uh, how, how has age played in at all for you? Well, I feel like I, I feel like the older we are, the more, okay, this is an analogy. So my sister used to say when, you know, we're, we're short. So like I'm five, two, my sister's five, five. And she used to say, this is a really good height because we can date people 
that are five, two or five, three or whatever, and all the way up to six, five, whatever. And we have a bigger range. This was back when it was unacceptable to date someone <laughs> okay. shorter than you, okay. yeah. which all no right. longer is. Yeah. And so looking at the age range, I feel like I, I can talk to people that are younger, like in their twenties, thirties, forties. And then I get to talk to people who are older, mm-hmm. like the guy that I met the other day that was 72. Right. And so I feel like it gives them a bigger array of community. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't look my age, but I'm very quick to tell people how old I am. And that's why I grew my hair out gray-ish, okay. gray-ish. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't see it in, in this light, but it is in, in bright light. It's pretty gray. And I did that so people would know that, I mean, I did that for myself because I didn't want to diet anymore. Mm-hmm. But also I like the benefit of people knowing that I'm not in my 20s or 30s or 40s. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had any weirdness about it. The only thing is sometimes I'll meet somebody younger that, you know, might want to like flirt or, you know, maybe they're interested in something more. And in my mind, I'm just thinking you're too young, but, but other, other than are that, you, I mean, heck <laughs> yeah, no, I know new lifestyle, I new, yeah. New experiences. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I had a long-term relationship with somebody who's 20 years younger than me, so it it can work. Well, so the weird thing about this lifestyle for me, and one of the reasons I push myself to do it is I like to go beyond my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and I, and I'm not a spontaneous person by nature. Mm -hmm. I had every single day planned out for the next five years, basically like my calendar was booked. Wow. And so if somebody said to me, you know, let's hang out next week. I would say, okay, Tuesday, you know, maybe Tuesday in three weeks from five to seven thirty PM, I can see you. And, but when I travel, I'm spontaneous. Mm. So this has pushed me into spontaneity okay. and more experience, like richer experiences from mm. that. Yeah. And then it's also teaching me not to put work first and to mm-hmm. put connection and experience first mm-hmm. and then seeing the world, which I, I, there's all these places I had never been. I had never been to most places in the United States. I still haven't. Cause I, you know, it's only been doing this a little bit, right? but yeah. So where have you gone and what's impressed you? The Oregon coast, which was gorgeous. My home yeah. state. Yes. Yes. Amazing. And my cousin, Nancy, who is how I met Heather <laughs> lives, okay. lives in Portland. Okay. So I did go to visit her. I was not happy in Portland in a, in a van. Mm. And oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like it. She lives downtown. Okay. That would be different. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then when I went out to the coast, I really liked the coast and, and Heather had suggested some places for like campsites and mm-hmm. they, were, they were gorgeous, just mm-hmm. stunning and right on the beach. Yeah. And yeah. So that was amazing. And then my van broke down and then I had to come back to California. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to do. So that was difficult. Okay. And then down the coast of California is beautiful or up the yeah. coast either way. And yeah. I stayed my first two nights, I stayed in casino parking lots and they oh, were, yeah. yeah, they were great. Yeah. 
they yeah. were great and free. It was amazing. It was yep. fantastic. And then, and then Arizona. So I, I'm in, I'm in love with Arizona, which is weird. So I loved Lake Havasu. Mm. I loved Sedona. Mm-hmm. I loved Jerome, which is mm-hmm. a little cute little artsy town near Sedona. And then Bisbee, which is South Arizona, which I went to with Heather. Yeah. I loved it. And then, and then Bisbee, which is Southern Arizona, which is super artsy, which is like a big Jerome mm. kind of. Okay. Really yeah. That, I definitely want to head down that way. Probably next fall. I'll be down that way. It's, it's phenomenal. I loved it. So I haven't really done that much. Yeah. But I've put six over 6,000 miles on the van. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. And that was in two months. <laughs> yeah. So you have done a lot of driving. Yes. Oh, and then I drove back up uh, 395, which is in California, which is through Mammoth Lake and June Lake. And there was snow. It was gorgeous. And I did, I did stealth count that whole way up. Mm. No problems. Nice. But uh, I overlander and I know Heather really likes Seeker. Yeah. These are, um, these are apps that I'll link in the show notes so people can check either one out and I'm sure there are pros and cons with each. So people mm-hmm. can decide which ones work better for them, but mm-hmm. there are apps where you can find free campsites. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Kind of geared. Both of them are kind of geared toward the van community. Yes. I would say. Although, well, they have campsites too, paid campsites for RVers. Yeah. So um, Kimberly, I wanted to ask you, I know you also um, host a podcast. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a love hate relationship that I have with my own podcast. Oh, okay. So, I listened to a few episodes. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. I super enjoyed the woman who talked about um, the, her mental health uh, issues with, with traveling and Maggie being yeah. um, was it OCD? I think. Yeah. That was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah, I love the people that I'm interviewing. I just, I don't love the editing process and I don't love, I'm not the kind of person, even though I am structured and organized and have everything planned or had, I still don't like to have to do something every day on Monday at 4 PM. I don't like that. Mm. So having a podcast I'm not, I'm supposed to have it out every Monday, but sometimes I don't like today. I don't have one out. It's just okay. not happening. But I, so it started as an experiment, I think. And I was talking about the process of minimizing and moving mm. and, and following your dream. So that, mm-hmm. that was the, the, the focus at the beginning was how, how, what is your dream? So I was, when I was interviewing people, what, what is your dream and how did you achieve it? Oh, that, what a great topic. Tell us the name of it. An unknown adventure. Great. Yeah. And I'll link to that as well in the show Thank notes. You. Which is a mouthful. So, and now in, on Instagram, it's my unknown adventure because anyway, long story. But so I, at first I was, ta- I was, I interviewed like amazing people, like a guy in a wheelchair that's paraplegic and no quadriplegic. And he, achieve, he's achieving his dream. Mm-hmm. And, and he wasn't born that way. So all of these people that had like these amazing stories, really cool stuff. And then as I moved into traveling 
full time, then I wanted to shift the focus to traveling. Okay. So now I interview people that do all sorts of interesting travel types of traveling. And mm-hmm. so the, this week, well, it was last week, but it's still up for this week is a guy who's walked the Camino de Santiago, hiked the, the through trail. And I, I'm obsessed with the Camino. So that was really a big deal for me. So really Yeah, well, I, actually, I listened to that and I had never really considered walking it. But after listening to the interview, I was like, oh, maybe I'd like to do that. So, right? yeah, totally. that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I also know that I read that you published 11 novels in two years. Yes, I did. What what's your um, pen name and what are they about? And. I don't share my pen name because they're sexy novels. And oh, I'm embarrassed. Okay. yeah, really? I, yeah, I don't. I have a, my new pen name, um, which I don't have anything published yet, but I have a short reader magnet that's free is Casey Crow. And that one I, I share because it's not sex. There's no sex. Yep. So great. Yeah. So little. <laughs> so I, I just want to touch on this a little bit because I uh, and hope I didn't clear this with you in advance. So hopefully this is okay to talk about, but how you, how you're financing your travels, because I know that's oh, a yeah. question that, that people want to know about. Yes. And I, I do talk about it constantly on club, on clubhouse. So, oh, okay. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. So I have rental income from, from rental property. Oh, okay. And that is the, the, the largest amount of of, of, of finance that, that comes in. That's my, 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 my base. Mm-hmm. And then I did invest very wisely by accident in stocks okay. and nice. Bitcoin. Oh, okay. Years and years and years and years ago. Bitcoin people actually make money off of that, huh? Well, I, so I don't really touch my, my investments very often. I have, and I, I try to re I reinvest my dividends. Not I try to, I do, mm-hmm. but I could. So I, I put very little in Bitcoin and it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot now. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, then, awesome. and then book royalties. And that's my third income. Straight. Okay. Yeah. Great. And, and are you still I'm, writing? I am still writing. Okay. I am. I, I am still writing. I'm actually re- going to release two more books under the, fir- the first pen name with the paranormal romance to, to finish out a series. And then I pulled a series and I'm re-releasing it and I run ads and stuff for, for all that. Cause you can't mm-hmm. make money unless you run ads. And then I, I write, I blog on medium and I make a little bit of money on medium too. Okay. From blogging, not, not much, mm-hmm. but if I was more consistent, I could totally make more money there. Okay. And then I'm working on my uh, KC Crow pen name. Um, mm-hmm. So that's uh, the letters K and C. And then uh, that's dystopian, post-apocalyptic, urban fantasy. Okay. So it's it's vampires and werewolves, but it's in the future, set in the future. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's anything that you wanted to chat about that I didn't didn't ask you, didn't bring up. Well, I think you know, and a lot of people do talk about like traveling with animals, traveling with dogs. You're you're going to be traveling with your cat, or you already mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. and. I think while I love my dog and I hope he lives till the end of time, I feel like it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a lot, lot harder. And I, I thought it was going to be easier. <laughs> I thought everything mm. was going to be easier. Yeah. And it's destroying my life. Everything, everything I do, I'm like, that'll be easy. And it's not. 
but you know, then I would never have tried. So there you go. But he, he requires a lot of attention. Mm. And then sometimes I, I feel a little bit more unsafe with him because if I'm walking him and then it's nighttime and I want to get back in the van and somebody's coming, I have to pick him up. It's a good point. I think a lot of solo women, especially want a dog to feel safer. So to point out that there are times when it can make you feel less safe. There are. And uh, yeah, and I had not expected that. And I think the other thing is he's really old. He's like 12 Mm -hmm. and he's really little. He's not Mm -hmm. really little, but he's littler. He's not a huge dog. So you can't jump into the van. So I think if you have a big dog that can just, and you open, well, I don't want to open the sliding door anywhere because I don't want people to know. Mm. But if you, if it's a dog that can jump into the front by itself, that's different, but he cannot do that. And when are you going to, are you going to move into full-time? I don't have plans to move into full-time at all. Uh, My plan is to be able to travel like six to eight months a year. Um, And again, I'll be renting my primary residence out. That will be a source of income for me. Right. Though I, though I do recommend Arizona for winter months, I'm just saying. And I'm definitely (laughs) going to go to Arizona for winter. Yeah. And check it out and maybe I'll stay there. So that's my plan for next winter Okay, to go down there um, and see what it's like. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I love it. I just, I didn't expect to love it. Right. And the, oh, so the other thing I remember that I did want to mention is I'm, I'm working on a class. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, an online class to help people uh, with minimizing and moving into either a van or a tiny home or just minimizing their own home. And then I'm hoping to do another like van living class. That's, that's the plan. That's awesome. I'm actually in the process of doing a lot of downsizing myself right now. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've seen that on Instagram. Yes. I, I watched a movie on minimalism and at the end they had this 30 day minimalism challenge. I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I'm doing that now for the month of November. I think yeah. I told you I did that same challenge and I mm-hmm. did it for like four months and I still had a ton of crap. Yeah. It's amazing. Even like my last day moving out of my apartment, I'm like, there's like, push pins or a pen or just things that you just, uh, and I didn't know what to do with them. And my neighbor upstairs came down and helped me, but yeah. And I always tell people start now and, but just keep going. Yeah. I'm going to have to keep going. I realize I've got, you know, there's some big things I got rid of, which were great, but just like papers and Mm -hmm. files of stuff. Yeah. And I, I had all the papers scanned. I, I sent them to a company. I had them scan everything and put it on Dropbox and, you know, done. But I recommend the book that I tell everybody that was my favorite minimalist book is called Goodbye Things. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's this Japanese guy. And it's such a good book. I listened to it on Audible. But it's, yeah, it it changed me. Like I listened to it right at the beginning of the process. Mm. All right. I'll look for that for sure. Cool. Well, thank you, Kimberly, so much. Thank you, Kathy. This was wonderful. Here are my key takeaways from my conversation with Kimberly Ann. Number one, being of a certain age isn't necessarily a hindrance. Actually, it has its advantages in van life. Number two, even if you're used to spending a lot of time alone, there is a different level of aloneness in full-time travel or van life, and it will take some time getting used to.
Number three, traveling with a pet in some instances can actually make you feel less safe. And number four, the big one, we can plan as much as we want, but things are probably not going to go as planned. But by letting go and letting things unfold as they're meant to, you can have a wonderful experience either in van life or RV solo travel. Thank you for listening to Travels with Squeaky. If you're a regular listener, I would love to hear from you. I'm curious what kind of content you're enjoying, what you'd like to see more of. Do you enjoy these interviews? Is there a particular guest whose story resonated with you? And if so, why? Do you want more concrete advice and tips for solo travel? Do you want me to talk more about my own travel adventures? Or do you like the format just as it is? I'm really enjoying creating this podcast and I just want to know what's working and how I can improve. So please drop me a note over at info at travelswithsqueaky.com. Let me know your opinion. I would really love to hear from you. And as always, you can find more content for solo women RVers and campers over at travelswithsqueaky.com. As a matter of fact, I just released our solo women's gift guide for 2021. So please go check that out. Travels with Squeaky theme music is by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, I'll see you out there. 